two. This is Henry Falcone from Kingdom Awakening Messengers, Flame of Fire Ministries. What a blessing it is to be with you this morning. How is everyone? I hope you're doing well. Just want to remind you to please sign in. Tell us where you're from. And uh, we'd love to pray for you. So if you sign in, you definitely get those that will pray for you. Uh, pray for you. We will pray for you. I want to make sure that we are broadcasting this morning. So as I normally do every morning, I look over here so I can see the chats because uh, the way this is done on simulcast, um, you know, I need to be able to see if, if you're writing in. Oops. There we go. Okay. And I need to shut that off so that that does not work. Okay. Excellent. Praise God. So glad that you can be with us this morning. Bless the Lord. Um, I have some pinned posts up there. So if you are uh, able to scroll down later, you'll see that uh, about the gathering of the saints. And also please sign in for today. And there's some other posts as you go along here uh, that, that the Lord had me put on there. Uh, that, you know, So just please get a chance to read that chat line. And if there's information, I'm going to leave that pinned on there so that if you ever go back to watching this video, all the information that you will need uh, for... Uh, this information uh, for the beginning part of broadcast is here. So, Lord, we thank you. We praise you. We bless you today, Lord. Lord, I thank you, first of all, for the blood of Jesus. Father, Lord, if we have sinned in any way against you, and where we have, we ask you to forgive us, Lord, against any person, Lord. For every word, every action, every deed, every thought, Lord, that is sinned against you or a brother or a sister, our family, anyone, Lord, we ask you to forgive us. And we ask you to wash us in your cleansing blood of Jesus. Father, we come to you today boldly to the throne of grace that we would obtain mercy in our time of need. Holy Spirit, if we have ought against anybody, show us now, Lord. We want no place of unforgiveness or bitterness in us today, Lord, so that we can be with you, not separated, Lord, not separated by relationship, but by sin, Lord. And I ask you, Lord, to forgive us. You said if a man sin, Lord, we have an advocate, Jesus, who will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we thank you for the shed blood of Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. We thank you that your blood is all throughout heaven this morning, and you've made a way for us to come to you. And I thank you that by that sacrifice, you have disconnected us, Lord. And I pray for the reality of being disconnected from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil where we choose, that we be connected to the tree of life where you choose. Lord, we don't want our will today, but we want your, your will be done. So we pray this morning, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Lord, let your kingdom come in our lives. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven in us. We pray, Lord, today that you would give us our daily bread and please forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive others of their trespassers. And Lord, we pray, lead us not into temptation, but lead us by your spirit and deliver us from all evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Lord, take this broadcast this morning and send it where you will. Lord, you know I can't advertise or promote it. Lord, I'm, I'm just trying to make it go on my own. But Lord, I ask you, Holy Spirit, to take it and bring it 
to the nations, to the houses, to the homes, to the people, to the churches and ministries that need to hear this present word of the Lord. And I thank you for that. I ask you now to take us up, lift us up out of the natural and bring us up into the spirit where we can have our spiritual ears to hear, our eyes to see, and our hearts to understand the secrets and the mysteries of your kingdom. Prepare us, O oh God, for what's coming. Prepare us, Lord. We invite you, refiner's fire and fuller soap, spirit of judgment, spirit of burning to come and beautify us this morning. Transform us, Lord. Complete us as full-grown sons and daughters so that your glory can be seen risen upon us, Lord, so we can function with you as a wheel within a wheel for your end-time purposes. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for that prophetic, that spirit of prophecy to come forth today, that I would minister from that spirit of prophecy, that you would minister through me, Lord, and through us, Lord, that we'd hear you together, Lord. This isn't about me, Lord, and Lord, it's about you. It's not about this work, Lord. It's about you and us and us and you. I pray that we'd be one with you today in a, in a deeper, more intimate fellowship with you, Jesus, as a bride with our bridegroom. Make us one, Jesus, as you prayed, just as you're in the Father and the Father's in you, that us and you shall be one. I thank you, Lord. Thank you for breathing on us. Thank you for pouring your water upon us. Thank you for pouring the fresh oil upon us today. Thank you for sending your fire. And now to you who is able to do exceedingly above all that we think or ask, to you, Lord, be the glory. Amen and amen. Amen. Well, if you're watching this later on, you know, this broadcast, um, please, uh, uh, please let me know if it's a blessing to you. You know, if there, you know, if there's, uh, if God's touched your life, we love to hear the testimonies of what the Lord's doing, not for our sake, but that we can give glory to God. You can always do that at our email, which is my email, which is go at flameoffire2007.org. Amen. If you are on, please, um, uh, please, uh, uh, if you're on Facebook, you can do a um, a block, uh, what's it called, block, a watch party. And you can share this with others. So we just encourage you to, to do that this morning. Now, I want to pick off where we pick up where we left off yesterday. And. I want to I want to start with Luke chapter three verse two. It says, "Annas and Caiaphas, being the high priest, the word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the wilderness." Now we've been talking about spiritual new beginnings, the transition from the church age to the kingdom age, and what that is, and why this the kingdom age is a it, the kingdom message is a message of preparation. It's not a message of of, of salvation. It's different. Salvation is already included in our lives and sharing the gospel with people and uh, doing all the things that the Lord asks us to do, loving our enemies, bless those that curse you, you know, doing good to those that despitefully use us, visiting the sick, praying for the sick, speaking in tongues, the gifts of the spirit, you know, uh, helping, being a servant, all of those things do not leave. But what God does in the kingdom age is he takes, he takes us personally up into a higher realm of his glory a new place of seeing, hearing, and that we become a new wineskin, a kingdom wineskin, so that we can contain the new wine of the kingdom of God. See, that's, that's, that is what's happening right now. And if you listen to the first two days, you'll see that I shared with you that from 2020, there's been an acceleration. You know, it's funny that in 2020, because of COVID, everything shut down. It happened in March, the third month, three, you know, 320, 2020. Why 2020? Why not 2021? Maybe because God needs to give us 2020 vision in the spirit. 
And if you notice, everything shut down. The churches couldn't even meet. There was a pause, a sila moment, a timeout. And Donna and I got the revelation that, that, that we knew that life was never going back to the way it was. And God talks, spoke to my wife, Donna, that we need to burn the ship. So we laid the ministry as we knew it to be, our lives as we've known it to be at the feet of Jesus and let it, and said, Lord, burn up everything that you're not in anymore. We're willing to change and do anything that you want us to do. And that was a big deal because at that time I never did a broadcast. I just had started maybe about maybe three weeks early. I started doing little 20 minute broadcasts because I didn't really want to do them. I think I've shared that story with you before, you know, but people had been encouraging me and telling me you need to do broadcasts and put the teachings on, on video. And, you know, I just didn't want to do it. I, I didn't want to do it because of the, the, you know, I don't want to make a TV show out of this, you know, and so many are like TV shows and then, you know, and, you know, and, you know, with all the bells and the whistles and somehow it loses its genuineness because it becomes a production. And I didn't want this broadcast to ever be a production. I wanted, I prayed, if I were going to do a broadcast, I wanted it to be me with you and the Lord. That's it. As if we were sitting in the room together, talking about God, letting God come into our presence and manifest himself and teach us and instruct us in the way that we should go and guide us with his own eye. I wanted it to be simple and plain. Now, obviously, the quality of broadcast, you know, we can work on, and we've been doing that over this last couple of years to improve our equipment so we have a better better quality broadcast. But I don't want a fluff broadcast, if you know what I mean. It needs to be genuine. It needs to be real. It needs to be a dialogue of, that's in the spirit, not a dialogue of giving you information, not a dialogue of just trying to give you principles and points, you know, but a dialogue, a fellowship with God on the air together with the Lord so that he can teach us together. He can teach us his word. He can share with us if he will trust us with the secrets and the mysteries of the kingdom. That's why, you know, I wanted to be able to do, you know, if I was going to do a broadcast, that's how I pray. I wanted to do it. And I pray that's what this is. Very simple. We're just ordinary people, you know, I'm not, you know, you don't see me saying Apostle Henry, Prophet Henry, you know, it'll say Reverend just so the fact so that people know I, you know, I'm a, I'm a minister, you know, but that's it. I don't even like that. Because the kingdom of God is about glorifying Jesus. It's not about glorifying men or ministries or works. It's about the glory of God. I got a word back in 1992, a prophetic word from, uh, from a brother, Dennis Pisani. He was part of Ruth Heflin's ministry. Maybe some of you that are, you know, have entered into the kingdom age understanding know who Ruth Heflin was. She was a mother of, I believe, of the glory, glory realm of teaching and imparting and bringing people into the glory realm. In her meetings, the glory presence would be so powerful that gold dust would fall on people. And there was all types of signs and wonders and miracles that were in the meetings. And she's out of Ashland, Virginia, Virginia, and her mother, Ruth Heflin you know, or vice versa. I don't remember which one's the mom, but uh, brother Dennis came to our church and he looked at me and said, brother Henry, the Lord says to you, make God's glory, your main function and purpose for in that glory, all your needs and the needs of God's people are met. I never forgot that. I didn't know what it meant. in 1992. I have a little bit better understanding in 2023, you know, 30 years later, because glory is oneness with God. Oneness is glory. Glory is one. Jesus said, Father, I pray that you would give them the glory. See, give them the glory. John 17. John, he prayed that he would give them the glory that you have given me. That as I am in you and you are in me, that they, they and us would be one. Why? So the world would know 
that, 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 that you love Jesus, that the father loves Jesus and that the father loves us and sent us. That's why. And so beloved, I thank you that that's what this broadcast is about. It's about entering into the, the glory realm of God, you know, and understanding what it means when John was caught up through that door standing open in heaven in Revelation chapter four, one, it says, behold, a throne, a throne appeared in heaven. And there was one who was, who was on there and he begins to describe him. Revelation four and five is the unfolding of the glory realm and the preparation and the finishing of a people because it ends in ch chapter five, verse six and 10, it says, and they sing unto us and we, and they sang unto the Lord a new song. And what was that song? That he had called them out of every tribe and every nation and he has formed them and he formed us, it says, into, he's formed us, he's making us. See, that's a, that's a preparation. We're being formed into something. And what are we being formed into? It says he's forming us into a kingdom. That's right, a people, a kingdom a new Jerusalem city, a bride, overcomers, a man-child. He's forming us into a kingdom of what priest, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. He's forming us into a kingdom, priests and kings unto our God that we may rule and reign with him forever and ever. See, that's a position. That's a spiritual position. And the way we obtain that is by understanding Revelation chapter one through three. Those first five chapters, I call the glory. God told me to call it the glory roadmap. And I have been sharing on this all, basically all my life, but it's really come into a fullness within me or more full, more full in me or fuller in me uh, in 2020 and beyond. And it's then when the Lord had me start these daily broadcast. Back then it was a daily broadcast because of what was going on in COVID. But starting this broadcast series was the unfolding of the Lord's plan and a preparation of God's people. Now, if you want to hear those teachings, you can stay on Facebook. And if you go to the video section, they're all on there. They're also on our website. You know, you can click on our website to find them. And they're on, uh, you know, they're either on Facebook or on YouTube. And they are all in order. And they are great teaching materials, by the way. If you, you if you want to share them, please feel free. You know, just send me a, just send me a note and say I'd like to share the teaching. You know, because the copyright, and we'll be glad to um, um, let you do that. You know, because that's what they're for. Freely you receive, freely give. Now it's important to understand that you know that when the Lord in 2020 said burn the ships, He was taking off our filthy garments. He was removing that old turban and clothing us as Zechariah chapter three with new royal garments, royal garments, that's kingly garments. That means a different, we, you know, and, and a new turban on our head because we were going to be positioned. If you read in Zechariah chapter three, you know, it says after he changes the garments, after he removes the iniquity one day, he says to Joshua, he said, if you will keep, keep my words and obey my commands, I will give you access to walk here amongst those that walk here. We're in the glory realm. So there's an access of glory. There's an access of glory that God wants us to live in and walk in. And Isaiah 60 prophesied it because he said, it says, arise and shine. And see, that's what this, this, this series is about. The arising of, the arising of God's, God's kingdom people. What does that mean? What does that look like? Now, there's a church age understanding of that. And apostles and prophets are, 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 are making it about government, about um, building new apostolic hubs and pro ministries and stuff. But to me, that's premature because what, what the kingdom of God's reality is that's coming is to make us a kingdom people. And that kingdom people have to be priests. 
that know how to minister to the heart of God. It said that priestly ministry, we become one with Jesus, who's our high priest, who's ever living to make intercession for us. So to me, the true kingdom reality starts with our relationship with the Lord being one with him, marrying him as a bride and a bridegroom and entering into the transformational marriage supper of the lamb. Revelation 3.20, we're invited for Jesus. We are to invite Jesus to come in, to sup with us. That's the invitation to enter into that marriage, that, 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 that transformational marriage supper of the Lord, where we begin to receive the third day miracle at the wedding of Cana, where God finishes us supernaturally. See, at the end of the age, at the, at the beginning of the wedding, it seems like the wine has all run out. But as we know, Jesus did a supernatural miracle on the earth. And, you know, and his mother came to him and said, uh, Jesus, you know, the wine has run out. And Jesus answers her, woman, what is that to you? What is that to me? My time has not come yet. But she's, she ignores what he says. And he goes to the servant and says, do whatever he tells you. And then Jesus gets up and gives him the command to take those six pots of ceremony. Those, 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 those sanct, uh, set apart parts for sanctification. They could only contain clean, pure water. And the Lord was going to take that clean, pure water and, and, and have the servant draw some out. And on the way, to, on the journey to the master of the, of the ceremony, the water changes miraculously into water to wine. And that is a prophetic picture of how the Lord is finishing us. That is a prophetic uh, picture of that as we go on this journey of seeking the face of the Lord, being washed by the water of the word, being filled with the water of God, the fire of God, a miracle will transpire, will be this one way and will be changed another way. The Lord knows without an acceleration, beloved, without an accelerated work of his spirit, we will never be completed. He has to intervene. He has to go past our weaknesses, our shortcomings, and all those things to be able to prepare us to be a people prepared for his glory, a people who will be filled with his glory, that it will be seen upon us so that we can cooperate with him and work with him for his end time purposes on the earth. And that's why the way we function, the way we live, the way we move, the way we speak is about to totally change. And 2020 brought our attention to that change. I often liken it this way. I've, the kingdom message of God, uh, the uh, kingdom of God message it really got birthed in me when I got saved. But over about 20 years, it took it to become a, a reality. God had to show me different places and scriptures. And God brought me to real spiritual fathers who had understanding the, of the kingdom of God, like a Wade Taylor. Um, uh, Reverend Wade Taylor from uh, from Pinecrest and from uh, um, he, he started Pinecrest Bible School and he also um, had, uh, you know, his teaching ministry. Uh, brother Ron McGatlin from Open Heaven is another brother, um, you know, and and uh, and others, you know, that that were pioneers and bringing forth the fullness of salvation, the fullness of maturity and others that I read through the years from Oswald Chambers to Andrew Murray to. Um, uh, A.W. Tozer, and I'm missing, uh, so I ate those men of God, drank them, Madame Guyon, those had, Brother Lawrence had a deep abiding relationship and they knew the Lord in a completely different way than what that I, that I'd seen in church or even seen preached in the church. The Lord told me when I first got saved, I don't want you to, he goes, I don't want you to read the modern people. I want you to learn from the men of old. And that's where I, I, I prayed, said, who do you want me to read? And when I, I think I read every one of Andrew Murray's book and Oswald Chambers' book, and I can't think of the other, A.W. Tozer, you know, Watchman Nee, uh, Madame Guyon, Brother Lawrence, 
Um, these men and women who had a deep abiding relationship with the Lord. I've read Wade Taylor's books many times, listened to his broadcast because that, that, that heart of a bride with a bridegroom, that priestly ministry, and you know, so that we could become sons. At the same time, a bride and a son and a king and a priest. See, if you notice in Revelation 5, that's their testimony. They're a king and a priest, a son and a bride. It's a two-sided coin. In the church age, we only see the one side of that coin, which is the, the outworking or doing the work of the ministry. The, the bridal part is hardly ever mentioned. And we need both sides of those coins. We need to be a son and a king and a priest, uh, uh, a priest and a king and a bride and a Son, we need to function first as a priest. We need to know how to minister to the heart of God. And the more we minister to him, the more that we become one with him, the more we allow the fire of God to refine us like gold and silver and the fuller soap to wash us, the spirit of burning and spirit of judgment to cleanse us and beautify, the more the Lord causes us to be a prophetic people. We are, we are now able to hear where we've not heard before, see what we've not seen before and speak what we've never spoken before because it's not us, it's Christ in us. Our life becomes submerged in him and his life becomes submerged in us and we become one together so that our lives become a reflection of his life. That's truly what it means to become mature. Maturing isn't just doing signs and wonders. Matter of fact, the gifts and calling are without repentance. Just because you can, God uses you to work a sign and wonder doesn't necessarily mean you're mature. Mature has to do with character, silver and gold, the character of Jesus. And I know personally, I'm not done yet. My character still needs developing to be more and more like Christ. My prayer every day is that I must decrease and Christ must increase. I pray that's what you would pray. I pray to the Lord, which I learned from my spiritual father. I pray, Lord, I see you, but I need to see you better. I hear you, but I need to hear you better. I know you. I want to know you better. Why? Because in Isaiah chapter 50, verse four, the Lord says, I, the Lord, it says, you know, um, the Lord has given me, see, from that relationship, that abiding relationship with the Lord, it says the Lord has given me what? I, the tongue of the learned as one that is taught continually by the Lord. That's what this broadcast about, one that's been taught by the Lord, that I might know how. See, it's the Lord teaching us. I'm not just speaking words. I'm not just trying to put a message together. I says, the Lord, the Lord our God has given me. See, in that presence, in that manifested presence of the Lord, in that glory, when God gives you a word, he makes you a word. He makes you a message. He makes you a messenger of the kingdom of God. The Lord has given me, what? The tongue of the learned, the tongue. See, he's given me the ability to speak prophetically. He's given me the ability to bring a, a word, what? A word in season. The Lord has given me, what? The tongue of the learned that I might know how. See, that gives me spiritual understanding of when to speak, what to speak, how to speak. He's given me, you know, he's, yeah, the Lord, the Lord God has uh, um, given me the tongue of the learned that I might know how, what to speak. See, that's it. That's this, this kingdom message is, it causes us to become a voice, to speak the very words of God in power, authority, dominion, not just a word from a gifting, not from the gift realm, not from the office realm, but we begin to speak from the spirit of prophecy and the seven spirits of God. And that word is a instantaneous transformational word. It doesn't wait. It's a word of another kind. It's like when the, uh, the angel Gabriel said to Mary, she said, how will this be? She said, the word I've given you is a, a word of a different kind. It has to come into existence. 
That word is will release words of consequences that will prove to those that oppose you. Like when, when Paul commanded blindness to come on that man for three days, that's the power and authority to prove that word, that tongue of the learned is truly from God. It comes forth with evidence and manifestations of glory. It's proved with the signs and wonders accompanying. But besides that, it's also a word of, of, of cleansing judgments. Psalm 149 says that, you know, that, the, um, that um, let the high praises of God be in our mouth and a two-edged sword in our hand. Why? So we can bind the kings and nobles with fetters, right? And we can execute the judgments that are written. We can execute. That means to speak the, the releasing judgments. And that's our part with the Lord in these end times is that he's going to have a people that are going to release those cleansing judgments in cities and states and businesses and nations before kings and leaders. And God is going to prove like he did with Elijah, like he did with Moses, that God has sent you. And he's going to use the youngest to the oldest. He'll use children and he'll use super seniors. He's no respecter of persons. It will be a company of people, a company of Elijah's, a company of Moses that appeared with Jesus on the Mount of Transfigurations that will truly be those that are going to be sent. I started to talk about that. For that to happen, there's a spiritual preparation that's absolutely necessary. And that is what this broadcast is about. I just want to encourage you, please sign in. Let us know where you're from. That would be a real blessing if you haven't done that yet. I just want to encourage you to do so. I'm looking to see if anybody's writing any comments, but that's okay. Okay, but anyways. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. There we go. Maybe I can see comments now. If I can't, that's okay. Anyways, not to be distracted. I'm just checking. The Lord is working within us to give us the tongue of the learned that we might know how to speak a word and season. It goes on to say in verse five, morning by morning. See, that represents an intimate relationship, a person that desires to hear the Lord. Morning by morning, he awakens me. That's what it means to arise and shine. We become awakened to God. We come awakened to his will, his purposes, his thoughts, his desires in a new and a different way. And for us to be awakened to the desires of the Lord for this age, Revelation book, Revelation, the book of Revelation becomes our manual and our guidance for that which is to come. I know many apostles and prophets want to go back to the book of Acts. I see it all the time. We're going back to the book of Acts church. And I'm saying, why? We're not going back to the book of Acts. We're going into the book of Revelation. Why are you going backwards? Oops, sorry about that. Got my phone. Okay, just got to get back on this thing here. Okay, now I'm good. Sorry. Get carried away with my hands. See, that's why I said this is raw and this is not professional. Now, professional would edit all that out so you wouldn't see it. But you know what? It is what it is. We're real people, are we not? But it says, morning by morning, he awakens me. This requires a deep, intimate fellowship with the Lord so that God can awaken you, so that he can reveal to you what the secrets and the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Do you remember when the disciples asked him, Jesus, why do you speak to them in parables? And he gives them an answer. He says, to you, see, that's you. To you, it's, been, to, you, it's to be made known. To you, it's to be known what the secrets and the mysteries of the kingdom. But to them, I speak in parables. 
And then he explains it. Why? Because they have eyes to see and they don't see. They have ears to hear and they don't hear. They have hearts to understand and they don't understand. Their hearts are growing fat. That re represents a people who do not have a quickened ear, that are not being taught, you know, that, you know, morning by morning. Those are the people who will not have the tongue of the learned. They may have the tongue of their intellect or their religious understanding of the scriptures, but they don't have the tongue of the learned. It says morning by morning, you know, he awakens me. Okay. And he quickens and he quickens my ears as I'm being taught of the Lord, which really means discipleship. As a disciple, I'm being taught of the Lord. My ears are being quickened to hear the present word of the Lord more than in any time in history. Beloved, we need the present word of the Lord. And that present word of the Lord brings us understanding to the scriptures. God is unfolding the book of Revelation. And to me, we're in the first five chapters. We've not entered into chapter six yet because the finishing of a people has to come. A singing testimony has to be heard that he has taken us out of every tribe and every nation and formed us into a kingdom of kings and priests to our God. It has to be heard. That song has to be heard in the land. It's beginning to. And God is rising up mature sons and daughters that with this quickening work in them, with the ability to speak a word in season, word in season, they know the timing. They know the season of the Lord and they know the accuracy of the Lord. So that word is a word of consequences, a different type of word, a word from the spirit of prophecy. It says the spirit of prophecy is the testimony, the proof of Jesus Christ, the spirit of, or the testimony, the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus Christ. And we, the gospel has to be preached as a testimony, a witness. Then the end will come. So God is preparing an overcoming people right now, a bride, that's going to be a, a, a all adorned in white. He's preparing a new Jerusalem city, a, a spiritual house built of living stones, a governmental city, a ruling people that have been ruling with Jesus, that's been trusted and proven and tried by the fire so that, that they're ready to rule and reign with him, with him, rule and reign with him, not for him. You see the church age, even in much you're seeing in the apostolic work and all the things that they're building in the name of the Lord, it's for him, but not necessarily with him. With him has a different substance to it than for him. For him has a mixture of flesh and spirit. With him, it's all spirit. It's all glory. It's all God. You're not seen, but Jesus is seen. And, and you know, in, 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 um, with the Lord, you lose your natural identity to gain his identity. His identity becomes yours. And you know, Jesus Christ, the hope of glory, Christ in us, the hope of glory. And he's seen and he's reflected and we become a different people. We become a prophetic voice that's needed in the land. The a real true prophetic voice, an apostolic prophetic voice. We become apostolic and prophetic kingdom messengers to advance the kingdom on earth. That's what John the Baptist represented. In his day. And that's, you know, and in Luke 3, verse 2, it says, Annas and Caiaphas, being the high priest, the word of the Lord came to John, the son of Zacharias, where? In the wilderness. First of all, I want you to notice in that scripture, Jesus speaks of the two leaders that should have been able to hear the word of the Lord, the religious leaders of their day. And just like it was then, it is now. Many of the religious leaders and those of repute who say that they know the Lord, they, they, know, they understand all of these things, God is bypassing them. And he's, listen, and he's bringing that word of the Lord to this John the Baptist company of today. And where are they in the wilderness?
And that's what I started this broadcast in. Many of you are definitely been in that wilderness season in, in these last few years. When I say wilderness, I say in the trials and the testings and the fire of your life. Many of you have gone through it all your life, but these last few years, especially since 2020, you know, it has been, you know, a living nightmare in many ways. When I say a nightmare, because you would have never expected, never known the things that you would have to endure. And it says we have to endure hardship, what? Like a good soldier. So you can see that the hardships that we're facing are to produce within us to become good soldiers. My wife got a word a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago. She said, this calling and speaking to those that labor with us is, I forgot how she, how she got it from the Lord. Um, it's not for the faint of heart. That's what it was. It's not for the faint of heart. And if you want to be part of that wheel within a wheel, and if you want to be part of that, that Joel's army that's got God's rising up, it is not for the faint of heart. In these tremendous trials, God is removing every place within us that will crumble and fall and try to fix and produce things in our own strength. This is the greatest emptying I have ever personally experienced. And I think many others are the same thing. God has brought us to an absolute place of helplessness. Today, I can tell you, I'm in an absolute place of helplessness. Do I need God's intervention more than you could ever know? I do. And you could probably say the same thing to me because there is no physical way I can fix these things or change these things or even advance and go forward without God and without the intervention of God. But what I've had to learn in the midst of this fire is how to enter into that true glory realm of God, into that rest of God so that I can see the Lord presently. See, I have to see him presently. I have to hear him presently. And the only way that we can endure through this testing and this fire, this wilderness is to behold not only the lamb of God, but we need to behold the king of glory. We have to behold the king of glory. Who is this king of glory? See, this is so important. We must receive a real visitation of the Lord where we truly see Jesus as a king of glory. And the question in Psalm 27 is this, who is the king of glory? But who gets that revelation? It says, who can ascend up the mountain of the Lord? He that has what? Clean hands and a pure heart. You see, that's why the preparation is critical. God has to give us clean hands and God has to give us a pure heart. All of our motives have to be purified. All of our desires of our own will and purposes have to burn up so that we receive his desires. We receive, we receive his mind, his understanding, his plans, his purposes. And so we are facing the greatest crucifixion where we're really, you know, picking up our cross right now because our will and God's will are colliding. You see, when your will and God will collides, it forms a cross in your heart. And that's when God can do the deepest work within you, a purification of sanctification. Because you, when you come to these things, I can never get this out of me. I can never fix myself. I cannot change these attitudes. I cannot, I cannot. I've tried fasting. I've prayed. I've worded it out. I've done, I've read every book to change my nature. And at the end of the age, you realize that the wine has run out. There is no way that I can ever get this finished in my own strength. Like the Galatians, maybe we tried to finish. We started this new life in the spirit, but maybe we tried to reach maturity by the flesh, depending upon what we can do and how we can change ourselves. But I don't know you about you, but it's an absolute hopelessness. I will never be finished. I can never come completely mature on my own. It is impossible. I reconciled it. 
And God has allowed the circumstances in my life, in our family. And it's from, from, I can't even tell you the areas that we have been tried in to bring us to an absolute place of emptiness and desperation so that there's nothing I can physically do to do anything. I can't even go to Connecticut without God's intervention or wherever we're going to go next or the next place we're going to the, to the gathering. I can't go down the store today without God. I can't do anything today. I can't buy. I can't do. I, I cannot. Without God's intervention, without God being God, without him being the king of glory, without the, me having the revelation that who is the king of glory, I cannot move in this day and the hour. All that I knew in the church age, all that I was able to do in the church age, all the giftings, all the callings, everything I've done cannot help me in this day. I have to walk in the new of God. I, he says, behold, I do a new thing. Can you not perceive it? Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. And what, what hinders us from that preparation is clinging to the old. It hinders us from clinging to that which has passed away. And that's why when I share with, with my brothers and sisters and pastors about we've got to remove the old wineskin of church services and church meetings and conferences, I get that blank stare like a deer in the headlights. You're telling us we can't do this anymore? You're telling us we just need to sit and wait in presence of the Lord? You're telling us not to preach a message? You're telling us just to wait on the Lord and let the Lord come and minister to him? You know, but people don't want that. They need to go home. They need to get a teaching. They need to get a word. You know, that worked yesterday. It doesn't work today. If it was to work today, then why shut it all down in 2020? If the Lord didn't want to bring us into the new. You see, I had revelation of the kingdom of God many years ago, but I think, and, and, and I said many forefathers like Wade Taylor and Ron McGatlin and others, you know, Miles Monroe, others, so many had this revelation and we got it at the midnight hour. And from midnight hour to about 6 a.m., it was dark. Only you, it looked just like every other day. You can't tell the difference from 9 p.m. from 3 a.m. It's still dark out. You, without a clock, you have no idea the day changed unless you're following the stars. But other than that, you have no idea what time it is. But when the dawn comes, that's when and the, the daylight comes, then you know that new day has begun. In 2020, it came to light. Now it's manifesting and more people are talking about the kingdom of God than ever before in my entire life. And more people are coming into the light of the kingdom than I've ever known in my life. Hello, Sister Gloria, Kelly, and Nicole, and all those that are joining. God bless you. Thank you for joining today. More people are getting kingdom light. And with that kingdom light, God has a kingdom message. And when we receive, when we begin to see Jesus as the king of glory, how does, how does Psalm 27 describe him? Who is the king of glory? It says this. Listen to the description of Psalm 27. It says, who is the king of glory? The Lord. First of all, it declares the Lord. The kingdom is about the lordship of Jesus Christ. It's beyond being our savior, our redeemer, our deliverer, our healer, our baptizer. It's about the lordship of Jesus. It requires the enti entirety of our life to come under his complete headship. He becomes the Lord Jesus Christ in our life. And now that full-grown head that he is can begin to be connected to a full-grown body. You see, he's not going to put his head on an immature body because imagine taking a man's head and putting it on, on a baby's body. It would look foolish, wouldn't it? And he's not going to do it. That head, ha that head, excuse me, that head has to be connected. You know, that head has to be connected 
to that body in, in a profound way so that it, it is a functioning body of Christ, functioning in maturity. And the way to maturity has to come by a supernatural intervention of God. And that's where we are. We're in the third day miracle wedding at Cana, where the Lord is going past our failures, past our faults, past our ability to fast, pray, and to word ourselves into maturity. He's doing a supernatural intervention for all those that will hear the knock on their door of their heart and open the door and let him in as the king of glory, who will let him in to sup with them, which now requires the deepest intimacy with him we've ever known. This is not a time of going, it's a time of coming. Why? Because when he chose the 12 to, to be his uh, apostles, disciples, it says, and the Lord chose the 12 and he called them up a high mountain in Mark chapter, I forgot what, it's in the gospel of Mark. He called them up, a, called them up a, um, the high mountain of the Lord he called, that they might be with him. He called them that they might be with him. That represents the intimacy. They called them that they might be with him. And then he sent them. See, he calls us up first to be with him. And then he sends us. That's exactly what's happening right now so that we can be sent to the nations of the world as a kingdom messenger and kingdom power, authority, and dominion. But we first have to come up that mountain of the Lord. He took him up to a high place. Who can ascend the mountain of the Lord? He that has what? Clean hands and a pure heart. So this purifying process, this sanctification process, this finishing work of the Lord is critical. That's what Revelation 2 and 3 speak about, because in there, Jesus speaks of the sin that's in the house of the Lord at the last days. It begins in Revelation chapter 2, where they've deserted the first love, and it ends in chapter 3 in the church of Laodicea, where they're lukewarm, ready to be spewed out of the mouth. And in between all those chapters are the sin that's in the house of God, the things that are keeping us from being overcomers. And the message of Revelation Revelation chapter two and three is two things, repent and overcome. Re three things, repent, change, and overcome. Why? So that you can come up through that door up in heaven in Revelation chapter four, verse one, so that you can see the things that will come hereafter. See, God wants to bring us up to become prophetic so we can see. You can't speak what you can't see. He wants us to see the things or tell us the things, show us the things that will come hereafter. Why? So we're ready. The Bible says that, 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 um, that, um, to do not let that day come upon you unawares. And do not let that day come upon you as a thief in a knife. That's what's going to happen to those who stay in the church age. The day of the Lord, which is now unfolding, this third day is coming upon them like a thief in a the night. They don't see it. They don't see it. You know, they, the, many are getting kingdom understanding of, and trying to build governments and establish governments and conclaves of apostles without this. That's the problem. Without this, they're doing it separated from this. They're doing it with one side of the coin and it can't stand and it won't last because it doesn't have the two-sided coin. It doesn't focus first on the first our first work is to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. Our first work is not to go out and love our neighbor as ourselves. That's the result of the first commandment. And as long as we put the second commandment before the first commandment, we will never be that two-sided corn and we'll never be able to operate in the glory realm of the Lord because it requires our priests, forming us into a kingdom of priests, then kings, priests, then kings. That's the key. That's what we need to see and we need to understand. And that's critical for us, beloved. And so... Spiritual new beginnings often begin in that wilderness experience. 
Ananias and Caiaphas should have been the ones the Lord spoke to, but he had to bypass them and he had to find someone that he could take out of business as usual, church as usual, out of the Sanhedrin and bring them out into the desert. Why? To be alone with God. See, John represents a people who have been separated unto God and alone. And many of you, my precious brothers and sisters, have been drawn out of the church proper. Many of you are home alone. Many of you are fellowshipping with other kingdom-minded people on the internet, or maybe you're in little home groups. Some are still in churches, okay? And some of you are praying for churches. And there are kingdom, true kingdom-minded churches that are set apart for the Lord and giving themselves fully. And there are some that are getting that light and beginning to walk in it. So there are places and churches and ministries that are catching that. But I, that they're the minority. They're the few, not the many. And God has to call us out of business as usual. Because services and the way we do church right now cannot fit the kingdom of God. It can't. The kingdom of God has to fit in his church, in his people. We can't, we can't fit our church fits nicely into your life. Church, church, because basically church life, you can go and come as you please, give and come as you please. You can keep your life. You can give some of it, but you can keep some of it. In the kingdom of God, you can't keep your life. Because no flesh can glory in his sight. You can't bring your sweat into the, into the glory realm of God. You can't bring your human efforts or your human understanding into the glory realm of God. In that glory realm, you are dead. You've been crucified with Christ. And now you begin to arise into a new life. You begin to shine with his glory because your life has become the reflection of his life. That's what, that's what this is about. And when that happens, you are in a position to receive the word of the Lord. In this tremendous suffering you've been going through, the tremendous trials you've been going through. That's right, Donna. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. We cannot put men above God. That's what, that's what the, the present movement of bringing people and apostles together, it's all about men and very little about God. It's upside down and backwards. This way men can put men where they want them. I'm not saying that God will not do that. But I'm saying that when that is first, when God is not first, when the ministry of the Lord, when David's tabernacle isn't established in the apostolic conclaves, you really don't have anything. You, you may have the presence of God, but you don't have the glory of God. And that which you're building is still not going to last. It will not finish a people. It cannot prepare a people. Because as long as that holy place ministry of what we have always done remains a recognized institution, the entranceway into the true holy of holies is blocked and it can never finish the conscious. It can never complete us, Hebrews chapter 9 says. Because in it, ritual acts of worship are given day after day, Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday. And I know many of these apostles mean well. And they're taking terms like convergences and things that uh, advancings, all those things that God has given us. And they're trying to bring it down into a church age, understanding so that it can produce a something that looks like kingdom. But it's basically the church painted over with the word kingdom on it. And you as believers have to discern the difference between that genuine kingdom God and that which is trying to appear as kingdom of God, but is really church age function with the same hierarchy and so forth. And that's that functioned okay for 2000 years. But for those of you that this broadcast is going to, 
You want something different. You desire the more of God. You desire the deeper things of God. That doesn't make you or me or anyone better. I still have issues. I still am dealing with God. I'd be lying to you if I didn't. You know, God is still refining me. I wish I could be further down the road in maturity than I am, but I am where I am for a reason. And I'm not going to try to rush the Lord. I'm just going to surrender to the Lord. That's all I can give God is my surrender and let God refine me and get all the warts off, all the bruises off, all the scars off on the outside and the inside. And I want that. I want that more than the breath that I breathe. And I'm not going to whine and complain that I'm not there then. God is able to work in me to the degree that I allow him to work his life in me. And the more I surrender, the more you surrender, and the more I believe God that he can finish and complete me since he started the good work in me that he can complete me, the more his power can come, the more the fire can refine us, the more the cleansing can come, the more the spirit of burning and judgment come. And that God uses the circumstances around us to do that work. It's not pleasant being alone in the wilderness, eating locusts and honey. And dress differently. See, that's the key to recognize the kingdom people. They have a different clothing. Believe it or not, as ugly as John's garment were, they were royal. They were royal. That man was royalty to God. And his clothes was not the clothes of the royalty of men or the religious leaders. It didn't look anything like their clothes. And yet it was, it, the reason why we're told that his clothes look like nothing is because that the covering that was covering him was God's Shekinah glory. He was covered and filled with the glory of the Lord. And the outer covering did not reflect or block or hinder the glory that was seen upon him. And that's what God's doing with us. He's removing those filthy garments from us so that we can be clothed in his righteousness, that we begin clothed our initial salvation in his righteousness, but we can be finishedly clothed in those glory robes. Not only do I will we have a, 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 a gown uh, all in white, but it's filled with glory that will be seen, risen upon us. And so when God brings a spiritual new beginning, and I said since 2020, I gotta, I gotta tell you, it's been some of the most difficult times of our life. We began with a wilderness experience in the privacy of our personal relationship with the Lord. When God stopped everything in 2020, it caused many to get on their faces. We couldn't go anywhere, remember? We couldn't travel anywhere. You couldn't go to work. The only thing that we were able to do was seek the face of God if we were truly asking God what's going on here. We needed to know how to live, how to function, what to do, how to be prepared for food shortages, you know, and school closings and teaching our kids at home and whether or not you should take the COVID vaccine or not. There was so much going on at that time that we had to be on our face to hear the present word of the Lord. But God wanted us to stay there. But in 2021 and 2022, when things started to get lifted, Unfortunately, many people went back to business as usual. Business as usual. Churches went back to business as usual. Thank you, Lord. In this time that you've been facing, this desolate time, hard to deal with, hard to bear, I have said in these last few years and in this year particularly, Lord, I would have fainted. If I did not believe, I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. It has been an intense time of dealing of God. Our will is very strong. 
Our ability to want things the way we want it is very strong. The ability to do things the way we want to do it, the ability to defend ourselves, the, the, the ability to, you know, not be able to love our enemies, bless those that curse you, to the, 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 and to, and the, 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 is not fully yet developed in us the way that's going to be the total reflection of Jesus in our lives. And the Lord knows it. And he's superseding and going past our weaknesses and doing a supernatural, isn't that good news? A supernatural enabling, a third day work if you'll believe it and receive it. Just like you received salvation, you didn't know how what, what, what was going to happen. I didn't know. I prayed the prayer. I didn't know. I don't know how I got saved. I prayed a prayer and everything changed. All of a sudden I was dead. I'm alive. I, I couldn't see. Now I can see in the same way I can see, but now I'm going to fully see in the same way I've been dead. I'm going to become alive in the fullness of salvation in the fullness of the kingdom of God by an intervention that we're in now a season, a time of intervention where God is going to complete and establish his work in us. And this word should have been coming to every church leader, the Annas and the Caiaphas of our days, but it, it's not. It's coming to those that are in the wilderness. It's coming to you. You probably heard this message maybe in a different way, but you know what I'm speaking to you is true because God has separated you onto himself. And you may still go to church, but your heart breaks to see the church stay in that present condition where we, where it's, you know, the time frame of a two hour service or whatever you do, that we do the same thing week after week. We start with song or an opening prayer or, or uh, you know, whatever, you know, and then we have uh, the announcements and, and then we have the offering and then we have the preaching and then we have ministry and we do it over and over again. And the same people are still broken and dying and bleeding right there in the church and their wounds are never bound up because all they're getting is a message without the messenger. The messenger is not in their midst. His presence may be there, but his glory is not there. One second in the glory and your whole life changed. One second in the glory, you, you, you know, you can be completely made whole. Yes, he can heal you in, 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 he can heal you in his presence, do signs and wonders, but his glory is a preparation for eternity. It brings you in, it brings eternity in you. This is eternal life that you might know him, the one true God, you know, and, and, you know, and Jesus Christ, he sends. that's eternal life. This is that you might know the one true God and that you might know the one true God, right? The Lord, God has given me what the tongue and the learned one that has been taught by God. That I might know how, what to speak a word in season to them that are reason uh, that, that them that are weary. John the Baptist was called to a desolate place for a very specific purpose. And so are you. We'll be called to this specific place. I don't like this place in my flesh. I don't. I'd rather be somewhere else, right? Because then that, that then, then my flesh wouldn't be uh, screaming and crying. But I have to take this flesh and bring it to that cross of Jesus and let it be crucified. I, I understand. Thank you, Amanda, for writing that. I understand exactly what you're saying because what we call revival is just another church meeting. It's us trying to be revived. I can't try to be revived. I can only arise and shine at the command of the Lord, you know, and so that the glory of the Lord can be seen on me. I can't make glory. God is glory. I can't make glory function. I function in his glory. His glory functions in me. Glory is who God is. 
And the glory realm is where we belong so that we can see and hear from up here. God wants us ready. God wants us prepared. God wants us positioned every minute of the day so that he can teach us, Psalm 32 eight, teach us and instruct us continually, continually in the way that we should go and guide us by his own eye. There's a guidance system now that God is depositing in this new wineskin. And this new wine is to guide us so that we know always what to do, always what to say, just like Jesus, always know where to be so that we're at the right time, at the right place with the right people doing the right work. That takes a great surrender, a great discipline, and it requires Jesus not just to be our Savior, but to be the Lordship of our life. We have to give the Lord the totality of our being, all that I am, all that I have, all that I ever will be, is to be His so that He can take His Lordship, His rightful place over us as Lord with no middlemen. That's a hard thing. Now you say, you're telling me you don't need the fivefold ministry. I am not. I'm telling you that your life has to come directly under the Lord Jesus yourself so that you can hear his personal instructions and directions without somebody telling you what to do. The fivefold ministry were never to take that place of being God in our lives. Their fivefold ministry was to help us find God, know God, see God, bring us to God, show us the ways of God, have a substance in our life that is so real that they can see that you've been with Jesus, that they would desire that relationship with the Lord like you do. Not tell them what to do or how to do this and to do that and to build these big cemeteries and seminaries and churches and TV ministries and books and tapes and all those things. It is much more than those things. It's about a real relationship with a real God. It's a relationship between them and God. And our job as FIFO ministries is to get underneath them and help them find them. It's to take their hand, lift it up into God's hand. And when they can get a hold of God's hand for themselves, let go and get out of the way. We are to bring them to him, not bring them to us. We're not to bring them to our ministries. We're to bring them to Jesus, not just as Savior, but as Lord. That's why God has shepherds outside of the camp in Song of Solomon chapter one that know the ways of God, that can teach the body of Christ how to be dependent upon the Lord, how to find the Lord, how to become a bride, how to become a son. They point, they help, they get underneath, but the, they, the people they disciple never become dependent upon them. They become dependent upon the Lord. That's the true kingdom work and the true kingdom ministry. All this other stuff that they're trying to do in the name of kingdom, a lot of it is just fluff and glitter and, you know, regurgitated church age training. And that's good for the second day, but it is not good for this day, for the third day. John the Baptist was called apart into a desolate place for a very specific purpose. And I shared this yesterday. Later, when he was asked who he was, his response reveals that deep work that you are receiving right now of preparation. And where did he get that work? In the wilderness, right where you are. There is such a supernatural work being done. That's what I have to get my eyes focused on because if I look at what's going on around me, I'm telling you, I would easily sink. I mean, you have no idea. You have no idea what we need. You have no idea what we're going through. And I have no, no idea of what you need and what you're going through. But I do know this, that we are in this place together. And in this place, Jesus is standing in our midst, but not as the Lamb of God, but as the roaring Lion of Judah. He's standing with us as the Omega God that 
that the Omega God that John sees as the King of Glory in Revelation chapter one. He's standing there with eyes of fire, looking at us, burning up everything inside of us that 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 needs to be burned up us. He has hair as white as snow, which means he's giving us the wisdom that's beyond ourselves. That 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 white hair represents the pure wisdom of God. All what the book of Proverbs is is being deposited with us. In his right hand are the seven stars, which are the churches, which means he's making us a church. It's, the church is in his hand and he's forming us into a kingdom of king priests and kings he has a white white garment on that's glistening which is our new our new royal apparel that he wants to give us in this third day he has a sash of gold around him which represents from our loins gold the character the nature of god is being produced and his feet are burning like a hot oven on fire which means every place the soles of his feet go he's given us that spiritual fire means it's a burning presence of the lord it means he's being led by fire by day cloud by night that fire burning represents represents the very thing that Moses saw on the mountain of the Lord. The place that you are standing is holy ground. This is what God is making. He's making this holy ground. He's making this our loins girded with the belt of gold of the character of God. He's giving us power to, to, to in the church to, to declare and prepare it for its for its end time destiny. He's got a double-edged sword that's coming out of his mouth of the spirit of blast of burning and judgment that brings transformational change to the church that will receive it and it will release cleansing judgments to those that will not outside of the church and in the church. You see, that is a position. That's what happens when you go up to the mountain of the Lord's mountain of the Lord with clean hands and a pure heart. And that's where you begin to hear the voice. Who is the King of glory? That is the voice. I believe John heard as a war trumpet calling him when he was on the, on the Pathmos. And notice when he gets to revelation, it says, I was in the spirit on the Lord day, which means he was caught up on the day of rest. And on the day of the rest, he began, he heard a sound like the calling of a war trumpet. This day, this age we are living in, Jesus is speaking differently as a war trumpet. That's the present voice of the Lord. It is different than the voice that we're hearing in the church age. If, if he is speaking to the, he, he speaks in the church age that passed the word of the Lord and they're living on it. But in the kingdom age, he's speaking a present word of the Lord, a, a, a word of today. The spirit of prophecy is speaking. He's speaking from a different place, a higher place, a place of glory, a transformational place. And that voice is different than a war trumpet. In the church age, and those that say that you can hear the voice of the lamb, you can hear the voice of the baptizer, healer and deliverer and all that he is. But in the kingdom age where we are now, in this arising of God's kingdom people, we're hearing the voice as a war trumpet. And that war trumpet is calling us to prepare for battle. We have to be prepared, positioned, and, and, you know, and, and, and propelled with the glory of the Lord. We have to be ready to be that Joel's army. It says, it says the Lord utters what? His voice, the Lord, the Lord of hosts, the Lord, that chapter is all about battle. The Lord of hosts utters his voice. What? Before he, he whoops, sorry, he, he, uh, he utters it before his army. And then it says, great is that army. Great is that people who are able to execute. That means speak, release, execute that word. So there is a spiritual place in the kingdom of God where our word becomes different. We become a prophetic people. 
but for a different time, a different purpose that needs to manifest on the earth. In that place, we become one with Jesus as a wheel within a wheel, as a bride, as overcomers, as a man child, you know, as sons of God. We come into that unity with him so that we become his reflection and we become one with all of heaven, those living creatures. We become one with them so that as God in the firmament above him moves, those living creatures move and we move in complete harmony with them on earth as in heaven, a wheel within a wheel. When the, when the living creatures are lifted up, we are lifted up. When the living creatures are put down, we're put down. When they go to the left, we go to the left. That represents harmony. That represents oneness. That represents, That's the glory realm. Ezekiel is seeing the functioning of God's glory realm in heaven and on earth at the same time. If you notice, this is not what you're probably going to hear preached on Sunday morning. It's not. Or Sunday night or Wednesday, and you're probably not going to hear it at a revival meeting. You're not. Because why? Because this is the message of the kingdom. The message of the kingdom, it says to you, it is to be known. You see, I, to know the secrets of the mysteries, but to them, I have to speak in parables. So in the church age, we're going to continue to hear the parables of the Lord, you know, and, you know, and receive that type of his instruction. But he said to his disciples, see, they were set apart from everyone else. He says to you, I'm going to reveal to you, it's to be made known. To you, those of you watching this broadcast, it is to be known the secrets and the mysteries of the kingdom. That's why I can't stay in the church age. That's why I can't just do church age services and 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 and, and meetings, you know. And maybe that's why you know that you know uh, there's not a lot of invita invitations. I'm not asking for an invitation because this doesn't fit into that structure. It will fit with those that are hungry. God can use us to be added to those that have this in their life. And those that are added, that have that are added to us. And I'm finding those people in those churches and we're beginning to relate together. We can function together because we're on the same page. We're in the same day with the same understanding where we're decreasing and Christ has increased. And the ministers that I met, the five ministers, they're not about building their own ministries. They don't even talk about it in their churches. They're about the kingdom of God. And they're not bringing people to them. They're bringing people to the Lord. There is a deep work of preparation. I'm going to go five more minutes and then I'm going to wrap this up for this week. I hope this is a blessing to you this morning. What does that deep work of preparation look like? John chapter one, verse 23. They asked John the Baptist, who are you? And this is what he says. He said, I am a voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as Isaiah the prophet said. In effect, John the Baptist is saying, I am so emptied of, of myself. I am so emptied of myself. I have become the expression. See, this is key. I become the expression of the voice of the feelings of another, Jesus. I'm a voice. I have become an expression of the voice, not me, the voice of feelings of another, Jesus, in every aspect and part of my being. I have become a voice. I have so emptied of myself. See, that's what this is all about. We're being emptied of ourselves fully, absolutely, where there's nothing but Jesus. And these fiery circumstances that you've been through, these trials, tribulations, family situations, relationship situations, fi financial situations, health situations, you know, God didn't cause them, but there is a reason why we're going through them. God is emptying us of all our human ability and strength. 
so that we can receive the supernatural third day miracle of being changed from water to wine. The quicker we surrender, the quicker we empty, the quicker we see him in the fire and don't use these hands to fix it and allow God to fix us. Because when he fixes us, then he fixes that. He has to fix us first, change us first, transform us first into a kingdom. He's forming us in this great adversity. He's forming us into a kingdom, a priest and kings to our God. And you can either want that or not want that. Those who don't want it are going to stay in the church age. And when, when the end times unfold before us, they're going to be chased by the dragon. But the overcomers, they will not be chased. They'll be ruling and reigning because like a man child, they're immediately caught up into heaven, their birth into heaven. Matter of fact, we're going to Connecticut for the, for the, for the gathering, you know, for that very purpose to meet the Lord that verse. And I invite you to come. If you're hungry for God, thirsty for God, and you desire more of the Lord, I wouldn't miss this three days and nights. I'm not trying to promote a meeting. I'm giving you an invitation from the Lord to come and be with him. Personally, you will meet the Lord in a very, very, um, uh, a very new way. And collectively we will. And he will birth within us all that we need for this present day and hour for our lives, our family, our churches, our ministry, and for the Northeast and New England and the Mid-Atlantic States. God said this is specifically for them, not that you can't come from any other areas, but this is a special gathering of the saints. And I invite you to come September 28th through the 30th. If you want more information, it's on our website. You can look at it later. Now, why am I saying that? Because this is a set-apart place corporately to be able to become that John the Baptist generation, the forerunners that will make a way for the Lord to come. You will be that messenger who will make a way for the Lord to come with your wife, with your husband, with your children, with your grandchildren, with your nieces, your nephews, your mothers and fathers, in your church, in your business, wherever God's going to send you. You'll be prepared as one that, that arises and shine and the glory of the Lord will seen upon you. This pressure, these circumstances have a specific reason. And it's to get us to stop kicking and screaming. And beloved, I can't tell you, I didn't realize how much of that kicking and screaming God still, uh, that was still within me that God has to remove. I wish I could say otherwise, but I sure, I'm glad that God is bringing it into the light. I'm glad the dross is coming to the surface so that he can burn it out. And all I can do is bring those things into the light of God's love and believe him that as I do, he's removing every one of those things, every habit, every mindset, every thought that's contrary to his kingdom, everything that's blocking him from being seen in me, he's burning with fire. And I believe it. And it will manifest in my life. Why? Because he began the good work. He is faithful to complete it, even into the day of Christ, which is now. At this present time, beloved, there are those like you who are being moved by the Holy Spirit to separate yourself onto the Lord, to be made ready so that you can respond to the Lord as John the Baptist did. You are being prepared, beloved, to become prophetic voices not gift of prophecy, not a prophet, the gift of a prophet, but to be filled with the glory realm of God, the seven spirits of God and flowing from the spirit of prophecy, which is higher than those two things. It's a higher realm of the prophetic. 
than the gift of prophecy and the prophet. Now they're going to hate when I say that, but I'm not saying it. The Lord is because the spirit of prophecy is a testimony of Jesus. There are seven spirits of God before the throne for a reason. It's not that it replaces those. It comes into the fullness in that realm so that we become a prophetic expression of Jesus, just as Jesus was a prophetic expression as the father. And we, we are able to demonstrate oneness with him as he was able to demonstrate oneness with the father. In the office and the gift of prophecy, they can operate in those gifts that will bless and change people, but they don't necessarily have to be one with the Lord. The gifts and calling a God are without repentance. So it has it, it doesn't have to be flowing from that oneness with the Lord. It flows from hearing the Lord. It flows from trusting in a gift. But this spirit of prophecy cannot be separated from who you are. And who God is, because that river that flows out from the throne of glass is transparent. That's his overcoming people. They have to be transparent like water so that that our life is not seen. But Jesus is, is seen. Our life becomes a reflection of his life. We become like that sea of glass that reflect him. And so when he sends us out, we, we, we become those reflectors. We become those people that are empty so that only Jesus is seen. And then that glory that has arisen shall be seen what upon us. That glory of Jesus will be so transparent and so beautiful. They won't see you, but they'll see Christ. That nations shall come to our arising and kings to our brightness. That's a completely new way of evangelism. And I don't have time to talk about that today, but that's a completely new way of how God is going to bring in this end time harvest. That's how he's going to do it. So at this present time, you're being, being ready like John the Baptist. You're be, be being prepared to become a pro prophetic voice through whom the Lord will not only, listen, speak his word, but will so fully reveal himself that it will appear as if they you had become Jesus, just as it appeared that Jesus was like the Father. We don't look like, I mean, physically like Jesus, but it will, be, will appear as we are speaking as if they had seen Jesus just like they did in the back when Peter, James, and John were brought before the uh, Sanhedrin. They recognized that these men had been unlearned men, but they had been with Jesus. That's what I'm talking about. That, that, that substance and the quality of that life that God is doing in the midst of this tremendous storm that you're in brings forth a fruit of righteousness. It brings the fruit of the spirit. It brings the fruit of the kingdom and it will remain if we surrender and allow God to do his finishing work in our lives this way, our life becomes the reflection of his life. Amen. Next Monday, we'll begin talking about Moses. And then after that, we're going to talk about Elijah, the two that accompanied the Lord on the, on the mountain of the Lord. I pray this week's been a blessing. If you didn't catch the first two broadcasts, I encourage you to go back and listen to them, you know, so that you can get a foundation of what the Lord's doing. And I'm going to ask a favor of you. Would you please share this with others? Would you please put this on your Facebook page and encourage people? Write about, write your testimony of what you got from it and encourage people to, to, um, to, to uh, uh, read it. And the other thing you could do is you could send it out to your message, you know, put it on your messenger. You could send it to, a message to all, your, all, all that you know that would be interested in, and, and, and therefore they can hear the word of the kingdom. Amen? That would be awesome. Praise God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together. Lord, you are incredible. You are wonderful. And I pray right now such an impartation, a strengthening. Lord, as each one lifts up their hands, I pray a, strength, a strengthening, a quickening, an acceleration. 
that the word that we've received today would become flesh, our life's experience, that you would work it so deep within us that our life would manifest these words. We eat them today as our spiritual food and we drink them as our spiritual drink. You have fed us today, Jesus, your flesh and blood, and we eat it, Lord. And I pray such a, the power of these words. It's they're not just a word, but they, the word was released in power to transform us, change us, prepare us, equip us, Lord, for these end time purposes. Lord, I thank you, Father, that you would make us these messengers, these forerunners. Lord, that, that we would have the tongue and the learned today, Lord, as we've been taught by the Lord, that we would know how to speak a word in season to our husbands, to our wives, to our children, to our grandchildren, our brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, nieces, nephews, our workplaces, churches, that we know how to speak a word of the kingdom in season to them that are weary. I pray today that you would, morning by morning, you'd awaken us that we'd have the ears of the learned as being taught directly by you throughout this whole day. I pray release of Psalm 32, 8, Lord, that today that each one that's listening to this broadcast, Lord, that you would teach and instruct us continually in the ways that, our go, ways that we should go and guide us with your own eye. If we were to turn to the left or the right, that you would stop us and we'd hear the voice come up from behind us and say, walk this way. You said those that are led by the spirit of God are sons of God and receive that Lord. And you said the steps of the righteous man, they're ordered. Let us walk in those ordered steps of you today. You told us to trust the Lord and we will it with all of our heart. And today we profess we will lean not on our own understanding in every place and choice that we're going to make in decision today. We're not going to lean on our own understanding, but now in every choice and everything we're going to do today, we acknowledge you in all our ways and we are trusting you by faith that you will direct our path. So Lord, I pray such a strengthening and enabling and power in the name of Jesus. Now to you who can do exceedingly above all that we can think of ask to you be the glory. Amen and amen. Thank you for watching. I want to encourage you. September the 28th through the 30th, the Gathering of the Saints. You can find out the information on our website. It's pinned, it should be pinned at the top of these messages so you can get it. But it's www.flameoffire2007.org slash events dash two. Register now and sign up for room because it's limited and it's by invitation and registration only. If you know others that may want to come, share it with them. Share the link with them so that and tell them it's an invitation to come and be with the Lord and meet the Lord that bursts. Hallelujah. Now, I on the screen, uh, this is something new. This is our what they call it barcode. And many times people ask me, how can we help you, Brother Henry? We'd like to give a love offering. You don't have to give a love offering. But if you desire, if you just take a second and scan that code, it goes directly to our website. And honestly, brothers and sisters, we do need God to touch people. We really do. And we need God to touch people, you know, to, to be part of that Philippian church. You know, if you read it, and I really encourage you to read Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 19, 10 through 19, and see why Paul received their gift why their giving was so special to the Lord and to him. That's the type of covenant giving that has to happen to sustain these ministries, these kingdom ministries in the days ahead. I pray God would touch your heart if that's his, you know, you know, if that's his will. And perhaps that you would you want to enter into that um, partnership like, like they did with Paul, you know, in Philippians, 
chapter four, you know, no one has to give and, you know, please don't ever feel obligated, you know, but people ask me. And so I need to tell them that number one, you can, number two, it's a great blessing and we need it to be able to function as missionaries. You know, uh, it's, we're not pastors of churches where there's tithe and offerings. We are completely dependent upon God to touch people just like you. Okay. To be able to, to be want to be part of this, to sow into this work, into our lives and help Donna and I live and to be able to go where God's sending us. And so if God touches you that way, this is one of one of the ways that you're able to do it. And we appreciate it. Again, you know, no pressure, no, no sales pitch. I'm not trying to do that, but I am seeking those that God has for us. It's okay for me to do that, to seek those that God has touched that want to unite with us like they did with the Apostle Church at Philippi. And if that's in your heart, then that will be easy for you to do because God will tell you. If it's not, and you just feel, you know, like some people say, I just want to send a love offering, you can. That's up to you. But freely receive, freely give, you know, and no one has to do anything. That giving is between you and the Lord. And giving is for living, and living is for giving. So I leave that link on right there so you can just snap on it. And I can also, um, um, uh, you can also donate directly. Uh, uh, it's Lynn, Reverend Lynn put it on there for you. So all of that information, it will be on there. And Don and I so thank you. We appreciate all of you that are praying for us. We appreciate all of you who have been giving, who have been blessing us. We have a faithful little remnant that has been so faithful in their love, care, and, and giving to us. And we appreciate it. Without you, uh, we would never have made it. I mean, without the Lord, but God has touched you and you have shown and demonstrated that love. And I thank God and I pray for every, pray for you, for every prayer, every encouragement, every finance you give. May God bless you and bless your homes and bless your family. May he give you power to obtain wealth. May he bless you physically, spiritually, emotionally with every blessing. And thank you so much for considering us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for helping us in our time of need. Amen. So God bless you, my brothers and sisters. We love you. We'll see you next Monday, same time, same station. And please like and subscribe this broadcast, share this podcast with others. And, you know, may God take us all deeper into the depths of his heart. Love you all. Bye-bye now.